readings today, 365 reading for January 11th. We'll be doing Genesis 2452 to 2616 from the 365 Daily Devotional Bible, the New Living Translators, and commenting also from the uh, Recovery New Living Translators Bible. So please patronage and give them a blessing for us. We're very grateful for the usage of their work of compiling all these uh, articles and chopping up the Bible in this format that we can get a meal for the day. Thank you. Apologize is a little late. Just had a lot of work this morning. And here we go. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for being there, creating us. You are our creator. And thank you, Lord God, for giving us in your presence in our midst. You go before us, around us, and you keep us covered and safe all along. We just praise you and we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be uh, in this study. Isaac pleaded with God for children. So the Bible encourages us to ask God and even plead for our most personal and important request. God wants to bless us, but he wants us to rely on him for all of our needs. Wow. Even when we do rely on him, God may not answer right away. Isaac learned that. God does this for many reasons. He may be seeking to show us what we truly need to deepen our appreciation for his provision or to allow us to mature so we can move wisely, use what he has given you, and more wisely use. Amen. Amen. We just praise and thank God and all is well. Heaven keeps telling us that all is well down here, so we just repeat all is well. And guess what? Our words take flight and all becomes well. All is well. That in itself, it's a miracle. Amen. Here we go. The reading for today. When Abraham's servant heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground and worshiped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold, jewelry and clothing, and presented them to Rebekah. He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant sent me back, said, send me back to my masters. But we want Rebekah to stay with us at least ten days, her brother and mother said. Then she can go. But he said, don't delay me. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they call Rebecca. Are you willing to go with this man? They asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servants and his men. The women who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister may become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and conquer the cities of their enemies. Then Rebecca and her servant girls mounted the camels and followed the man. So Abraham's servant took Rebecca and went on his way. Meanwhile, Isaac, whose home was in the Negev, had returned from 
Bir Lahayi Roi. One evening, as he was walking and meditating in the fields, he looked up and he saw the camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant. And he replied, It is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with her veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought Rebekah into his mother Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. Abraham married another wife whose name was Keturah. She gave birth to Simran, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan was the father of Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's descendants were the Asherites, Letushites, and Lumites. Median's sons were Ephah, Eper, Hanak, Abida, and Elda. These were all descendants of Abraham's through Keturah. Abraham gave everything he owned to his son Isaac, but before he died, he gave gifts to the sons of his concubines and sent them off to a land in the east away from Isaac. Abraham lived for for 175 years, and he died a ripe old age. Having lived a long and satisfying life, he breathed his last and joined his ancestors in death. His sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Sohar, the Hedite. This was the field Abraham had purchased from the Hedites and where he had buried his wife Sarah. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac, who settled near Beer Lahi Roi in the Negev. This is the account of the family of Ishmael, the son of Abraham through Hagar. Sarah's Egyptian servant here is a list of their names, the clans of Ishmael's descendants. The oldest was Nebaik, followed by Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masak, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Naphish, and Kerima. These 12 sons of Ishmael became the founders of 12 tribes named after them, listed according to the places they settled and camped. Ishmael lived for 137 years. Then he breathed his legs and joined the ancestors in death. Ishmael's descendants occupied the region from Havilah, to Shur, which is east of Egyptian in direction of Ashur, and they live in open hostility towards their relatives. This is the account of the family of Isaac, the son of Abraham. When Isaac was 40 years old, he married Rebekah, the daughter of Betul, the Armenian from Padan Aram, and the sister of Leban, the Armenian. Isaac pleaded with the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was unable to have children, the Lord answered Isaac's prayer, and Rebekah became pregnant with twins. But the two children struggled with each other in her womb, so she went to ask the Lord about it. Why is this happening to me? She asked, and the Lord told her, The sons in your womb will become two nations. From the very beginning, the two nations will be rivals. One nation will be stronger than the other, and your older son will serve your younger son. And when the time came to give birth, Rebecca discovered that she did indeed have twins. The first one was very red at birth, 
and covered with thick hair like a fur coat. So they named him Esau. Then the other twin was born with his hand grasping Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Isaac was 60 years old when the twins were born. As the boys grew, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau arrived home from the wilderness, exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I am starved. Give me some of that red stew. This is how Esau got his other name, Edom, which means red. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright right to me now? But Jacob said, first you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore in an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to the brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentils. Esau ate the meal, then got up and he left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. I hereby confirm that I will give you all these lands to you and your descendants. Just as I solemnly promised Abraham your father, Abraham. I will cause your descendants to become as numerous as the stars of the sky, and I will give them all these lands. And through your descendants, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. I will do this because Abraham listened to me and obeyed all my requirements, commands, decrees, and instructions. So Isaac stayed in Gerar. <clears throat> when the man who lived there asked Isaac about his wife, Rebekah, he said, Well, she's my sister. He was afraid to say she's my wife. He thought they will kill me to get her because she is so beautiful. But sometime later, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out his window and saw Isaac caressing Rebekah. Immediately, Abimelech called for Isaac and explained, She is obviously your wife. Why did you say she is my sister? Because I was afraid someone would kill me and get her from me, he replied. How could you do this to us? Abimelech exclaimed. One of my people might easily have taken your wife and slept with her, and you would have made us guilty of great sin. Then Abimelech issued a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than what he planted. For the Lord blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So the Philistines filled up all of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country, go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. Nope. Let's see what it entails. 24.
When we lose someone close to us, it is important that we take some time for rebuilding it. It is encouraging to notice that after losing one major family relationship, Isaac found comfort in a new one. As people are taken away from us, God will provide others to give us the support we need to live a healthy and productive life. This prenatal prophecy concerning Jacob and Esau portends conflict between the brothers, and it goes beyond just normal sibling rivalry. Unfortunately, the subsequent family history applied bears this out. Siblings' rivalry is often destructive to family relationships and can easily get out of control. Siblings often separate for life, carrying with them years of hard feelings that faint all these others' relationships. Reconciliation with those we have hurt is one of the goals of recovery. Let us take steps towards recovering our important relationships. Amen and amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Esau traded the rights of a firstborn son for a bowl and a stool to fill his empty stomach. He was indifferent to the things in life that were really important. His primary concern was to satisfy his immediate physical needs with no thought of all the future. He often learned how to delay gratification. The second The lesson Esau needed to learn is very important for all of us in recovery. We need to see things in the long view. If we can picture the positive long-range results of life in recovery, we will be able to give up the momentary pleasures that keeps us from getting there. Amen. Children from their parents learn. Unfortunately, they are not selective about what they learn. They don't learn the good things or ignore the bad. In these verses, Isaac demonstrates what he learned from his father, Abraham. Doubtless he had heard from Abraham had passed Sarah off as his sister to protect him. It's amazing how the sinful pattern of our parents are often repeated of our own in our own lives. How often family dysfunctions repeat themselves. Generation after generation, Isaac would have been wise to, to let the truth and trust God to protect, him, to protect him. Trust in God is one weapon we have with which to fight against destructive family patterns. Amen and amen. And now for the reading of the New Testament with Matthew. Matthew 8, 18-34. In Matthew, following Jesus often means great sacrifice with no earthly rewards of security. This is not because Jesus wants to know who really committed. After else, all it, elsewhere, Jesus said, My yoke is easy to bear and my burden is, I give you is light. Following Jesus is hard because the world's values and practices deviate as far from God. Jesus makes discipleship hard, a word full of sin does. Jesus, however, would not accept his excuse. What excuse? Matthew 8.21, 
may not have been asking permission to attend his father's funeral, but to delay following Jesus until his father died. Whether his concern was financial, security, family approval, or something else, he did not want to commit himself to Jesus because of He didn't want to commit himself to Jesus. Jesus made sure disciples counted the cost before following him. As God's son, Jesus did not hesitate to demand their complete loyalty. It was strengthening out their crooked path. Amen. As God's son, Jesus did not hesitate to demand their complete loyalty. He was straight out their straighten out their crooked priorities. The man in Matthew 8:21 may not have been asking permission to attend his father's funeral, but to delay following Jesus until his father died, whether his concern had financial security, family approval, or something else. He did not want to commit himself to Jesus' value system. Just yet, his priorities were distorted. Jesus, however, would not accept his excuse. Amen. All right, let's go again right here. Let's go read 1821. And it says, Another of his disciples said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. That kind of attitude delays the calling of God. In Psalms 10, On behalf of the helpless, we pray, Psalm 10. We cultivate our own compassion compassion and science. We are innocent innocent victims of engaging emotional with the right plot. Romans 10, 15. O Lord, why do you stand far away? Why do you hide when I'm in trouble? The wicked arrogantly hunt me down. The poor, let them be caught on their wheels. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead. Yet they succeed in everything they do. They do not see your permission. They not see your punishment awaiting them. They sneer at your enemies. They think holding bad, nothing bad will ever happen to them. We will be free of trouble forever. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are on the lips of their tongue. They lurk in ambush in the villages waiting to murder innocent people. They are without searching for helpless victims. Like lions, they sure. Excuse me. Like lions crouch in hidden and hiding, they wait to pounce on the helpless. Like hunters, they capture the helpless and drag them away in nets. Their helpless victims are crushed. They fall beneath the strength of the wicked. The wicked think, God isn't watching us. He has closed his eyes and won't even see the, what I, I do. Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not ignore the, re- the helpless. Why do the wicked get away with it? Despise. Why would the wicked get away with it despising God? They think God will never call an, an account on them. But you see the trouble and gift, grief they cause. You know not at it and punish them that your people will put 
Oh, I can't seem to get it. I apologize. Where am I? Probably <laughs> asleep. Okay, the lions crouch and hiding. They wait to pounce on the helpless. Like hunters, they capture the helpless and drag them away in, act, in nets. Their helpless victims are crushed and fall beneath the strength of the wicked. The wicked think God isn't watching us, and he has closed his eyes and won't even see what we do. Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not ignore the helpless. Why do the wicked get away with despising God? They think of God will never call us on our account, but you see the trouble and grief they cause. You take note of it and punish them. You helpless, but they trust in you. You defend the orphans. Break the arms of the wicked of people. Give. Go after them until the last one is destroyed. In Proverbs 3, 7 and 8, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn from evil. Then you will be healing for your body and strength for your bones. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for coming on today. Apologize for falling asleep. But amen. We did it. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Worthy is the lamb to be praised. See you a next segment. God bless you. Take care.